Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Welcome back, everybody. All right. This is going to be a little helter-skelter here regarding some of the subjects that I have to bring up. They're sort of all over the place. There are some returning narratives that are popping up again, uh, a lot of cover-ups that are going on. And again, that's kind of just why I titled this very quickly, State of Confusion, because it certainly seems to be that way. I want to start with this kind of quickly. This has been brought to my attention from some uh, viewers and, and listeners and watchers of the war videos that I, that I make with all the memes in the videos and things. Some individuals have brought it to my attention, and then I personally saw it myself, is that during particular portions of those videos, it will just stop playing. And you can't even necessarily uh, get it to play again. And sometimes you have a very hard time, at least I've had a hard time, skipping ahead in order to just kind of keep playing the video. So, for example, in the last war video, the, the portion where it hits Robert Kennedy Jr. talking to uh, Tucker Carlson, it, it freezes. It just locked up. So I don't know how often that happens. I don't know, again, if it's just an accident, if it's on purpose, or if it's just the, the technology that I have. But that's something, again, that some people have brought to my attention. And then, of course, I've seen it myself. So I, I know it happens. I just don't know what's causing it. Either way, if it does happen, just see if you can fast forward through it and then, you know, get to the next clip if you're interested in still watching. But yeah, just wanted to mention that real quick. Uh, here's the next thing. It's finally nice to see the people of that particular town in Maui uh, come to one another's aid. And they're bypassing the government and they're bypassing the lines. And they are just straight up delivering food and water and goods to the people who live there and the people who need it. And they're doing so by boat. Again, there's multiple videos of this taking place now where, again, jet skis are pulling up to the shoreline and, and giving the supplies to the individuals who are there. And they're basically just saying, F with the government, we're going to do it ourselves. That's excellent. That's the way it should be. Again, one of those, one of those videos that's very depressing is again this video of, I think I mentioned it in the last episode. If I didn't, it's certainly in the war video. But it's just this massive line of individuals, just sheep standing in this giant line. It's probably a thousand of them at least, and they're all standing in line to receive permission and permission slips from police officers in FEMA in order to return to their own homes or to leave where they currently are located. It's absurd. It's beyond absurd. But it's nice to see them bypassing government now and not stand in line like sheep and actually help one another and get down to business. That's excellent. And that needs to keep happening. Pretend as if government isn't there. Just go around them and do whatever you need to do to get things done. It was also nice to see the sheriff be approached by, uh, by a particular woman basically just yelling at him. And he's walking away, and they're being filmed, and he's just walking away and not answering any questions and whatever else. And again, he was apparently associated also with Las Vegas and the Las Vegas shooting. Rather odd and odd timing. I mean, look, he's a Freemason. They're all Freemasons. They're all in this together. He has a role to play. He knows exactly what role he's playing, and that's because he's told to play it. He was given that job on purpose because he's controlled. and. That's that. So if he doesn't know he's controlled, he knows now. 
because again, there's no way that you would be in two particular locations like that with two major false flags where people are dying. So he's controlled and uh, and he's the enemy. I would I would love to see more and more of the uh, of those videos where politicians again or police officers are trying to walk down the street and they're just being harassed. I would love that. Again, exercise your First Amendment right, without a doubt. Keep doing it. But bypass the government when it comes to all this decision-making. There's a couple of posts here that I want to read just very quickly, continuing to sort of sum up what's going on there. Um, This one was from the Chan boards, and it says the following. It says, approaching $150 billion in aid to Ukraine since 2022. Population of Lahaina, according to the 2020 census, was 13,216 people. That's $700 per household in disaster aid to people who lost literally everything, including the ability to work, because the place they work is also burned to the ground. Keyword, per household. Of course, this is the money that allegedly uh, Joe Biden provided these people, 700 per household says rough estimate of an average of two people per household, 13,216 divided by two is 6,608. 6,608 for $700 per person is $4,635,000. So $4.6 million total for the population of an entire town that serves as a major tourist and economic hub for the entire state of Hawaii after it got literally burned to the ground. And then, of course, it says $150 billion in cash plus untold value in weapons for a corrupt pseudo-European government that is infamous for having no respect for its own taxpayers, let alone Americansky taxpayers, unquote. Yeah, without a doubt. It's, I mean, it's 100% true. The, the wasteful spending is astounding, but this, again, is part of the plan. This is exactly what the enemy is doing, and I don't think they're going to lean off the... Uh, the direct energy weapon fire game, they can gain too much land that way in, in a very short amount of time. And again, I, there's a lot of videos out there too with a lot of testimonies from individuals who again live there and they know what's going on. Many of the Hawaiians have a very firm grasp as to what's going on. They don't like their governor. They don't like law enforcement. And that's fantastic. They just need to make their lives a little harder by getting out in masses and, uh, and confronting these people and get it on film and upload it onto the internet and share that information as much as you can, no doubt. Here's another post from one of the boards I pay attention to. It was titled, Whistleblower, Insurance Companies Telling Maui Residents That Their Properties Were Violating City Code and Will Not Be Rebuilt. It says the following here. It says, Information from a Meeting in the Mayor's Office. I just got, a, just got out of a meeting where I was informed by someone in the mayor's office about developments that are being kept from the public. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, and I don't want to make trouble here, uh, but that's why. I, but that's what I've heard, they said. They said the amount of fatalities is, is expected to be more than 500, but less than 1,000. Many of the fatalities will be the children who were home because they canceled school and parents were working. And then it says, of course, that they weren't there to, uh, to evacuate their own children. They said the children had no idea that they needed to leave, and by the time they noticed their homes or apartments were on fire, it was too late. The government is worried about how we will react 
when we learned that the fire departments left the fire earlier in the day and claimed it was 100% contained, knowing that the winds were expected to be 70 miles an hour by the afternoon. This is against all fire control protocols. The fire department should not have left the original fire unattended. They were scared that the public calls for accountability will be more than they can control and protests and riots will occur. They plan to lock down Lahaina for several months. I hope you understood what I just read there. <laughs> that's, that's intense, and they have an idea as to what the people there are capable of doing. Well, if they're anticipating it, ladies and gentlemen, give it to them. Just give it to them. It says, uh, the following here, it says, It will take months to clean up the hazardous and environmental contamination. They won't have enough housing for all the displaced. There were 2,000 folks unaccounted for this morning. They found 700 today, but there's still 1,300 missing. Uh, they are very worried that the community is going to freak out when they find out that not a single fire truck responded to the disaster. The emergency sirens were not activated, hurricane sirens, and the loss of life could have been kept down by better emergency management, which utterly failed. I'm not trying to make waves or stir up problems. But I was so angry and sad when I found out how many children are dead, and I knew that I had to post this and let everyone know what I have learned. It's time for our officials to stand up, let the truth, tell the truth rather, and face the music. They have failed Lahaina, guys. Our government is full of incompetent nepotism. Unquote. And that's the end of that post. Uh, but I'll tell you what, here, here too, I mean, that's remarkably important. There's no doubt about that. But this right here is also apparently the guy who is partially responsible, if not fully responsible, for turning off the water. Because again, apparently there have been, or there were, fire hydrants that had no water. I mean, it was just completely turned off totally. All in the name of equity, believe it or not. You can't even, I mean, you can't make this up. I'm going to play this audio so you can listen to this, uh, this asshat here. His name is M. Kalo Manuel. I'm saying that right. Don't care. Um, this guy is the deputy director for the Department of Land and Natural Resources in Maui. Again, he openly, he, he goes on this long run about the importance of water and the historic Hawaiian nature of water and how they worship the water, but how we have to limit it. According to him, all in the name of equity, because, you know, equity. Again, these people have got to go. And this is, this is another example of a person whose life you need to make an absolute living hell. If you live out there, you need to find this guy, get in his face, and make things tough on him. Again, he's part of the problem. But give this guy a listen. And again. These are the weak individuals who are remarkably corrupt, who are put in these positions because they are just order followers, and and they actually believe what they themselves are doing is logical. It's the most illogical thing you're you're gonna hear. But anyway, give this guy a listen in three, two, one. Are authorizing statute to protect and manage all water resources in the state. One water is like taking it, looking at it from a holistic system perspective. And that's not dif any different than how Hawaiians traditionally manage water. You know, in, in essence, we treated it, and Native Hawaiians treated water as one of the earthly manifestations of a god and a kane. And so that reverence um, for
for a resource and that reciprocity in relationship was was something that was really really important to our worldview and and well-being right and living in an island in isolated from other you know civilizations um and so i think where it shifted to today or over time is that we've become used to looking at water as like something which we use and not necessarily something that we revere as that thing that gives us life right i mean to me it's a shift in value set um and you know if we can start to really look at how we as humans in an island um can reconnect to that traditional value set so really my motto is always like let water connect us and not divide us like we we can share it but it requires true conversations about equity i have to tell you you know i i just get i get dumber and dumber when i hear people like that talk like that i can hear my iq dropping i can feel myself getting getting dumber when an individual talks like that, they are beyond an NPC. They are saying things that are not real. That's complete and utter brainwashing. I've got this guy probably in his 30s. He sounds like an absolute idiot, a total left-wing lunatic. I know that goes without saying, but even so, it makes zero sense. We need water because it, it sustains life and it is life and we have a rich history of that, but we need to basically just re-understand it. Two plus two equals five. Over and over and over again. Equitable. Give me a flippin' break. But don't worry, water saves lives until you need it and then, well, a lack of it can kill you. They just don't even hear themselves. They don't. And anybody, again, supporting people like him and like that, and those people who talk that way, those people will not make it. They won't make it. It, it almost doesn't even matter the scenario or even the time anymore. If anybody's following a person like that who speaks that way, that person is finished. If you work with people like that, those people are finished. It's it's so exhausting. I'm so tired. <laughs> Just so tired. Ugh. All right. Either way, that continues to be the case there. I sure hope that uh, what's going on in Maui doesn't get memory hold. I sure hope that the people there continue to bring this to social media and that people continue to talk about it. And same same thing with, of course, endless other topics. But don't let it go away. Because even the bad guys who plan this all out, they know that these kinds of events and these kinds of stories just crash into the shore as a wave and then erode things a little, but then ultimately the tide goes back out again and people stop paying attention to it. Again, much like East Palestine, Ohio and the train wreck. Same thing. No one's talking about that anymore. Still a massive problem. Just don't let it get memory hold. That's the whole thing. I don't want the people there to to stop reporting on what's going on and give those of us here in the mainland United States, you know, some honest perspective as to what's taking place. Again, most of the I mean there are endless posts on Gab talking about it, which is great. 
Gab is a great place to go to find out what's really going on in the world. It's not that everybody on Gab is accurate about things. I mean, hell, they all thought the Nashville school shooting was real. So, you know, they'll take the bait over there too, but it's not everybody. So either way, just keep those posts coming and keep those reports about what's really going on coming. And again, just to sort of wrap up in conclusion here, uh, you need to get in those politicians' faces. You need to bypass government and do your own thing. And whatever you do, don't leave. Just don't leave. Because they want you to leave. They want you to relocate. They want you to get out of there. So that means you need to stick around. Okay, let me mention this. Shifting gears here, and I'm going to be shifting gears consistently here. Um, I only have a few education, a couple of education-related things to mention, but I, I, I want to mention this before, and of course, jab-related things too. Uh, I watched the last episode of the Five Docs, and it was just Dr. Pilevsky and uh, and Dr. Tenpenny talking. At one point, and this is again a pretty good reason as to why I, I'm not a fan of Dr. Tenpenny's because she's very non-committal and very full of herself. She, uh, she's a fence sitter on, on many issues, which is problematic. Um, cause we're not, again, we're, we're at a time here where you can't be a fence sitter. You got to start taking sides on particular things and you got to start asking questions and you need to get involved. Pilevsky looks at her and says, so have you heard about Karen Kingston? And have you seen the video of her talking about being poisoned and how people are trying to kill her? And she says, yes, but then she says that she wants to stay out of it. She says she's just going to stay out of it, and she doesn't have any comment, and she's just staying out of it. And she covers her mouth with her hands, almost to imply, again, that she knows more than other people about something that's going on and whatever else. But she's just going to stay out of it. Well, the fact is, is that in that video, Karen Kingston called out a lot of Sherry Tenpenny's friends. Like Mickey Willis. Interesting. Mickey Willis, by the way, I think is, I don't know if he was going to be on Alex Jones again or something, but you see, you see the associations that these people have with one another. It's very odd. It's very odd. And, uh, and, and so I did a little more digging on this. And as it turns out, Robert Malone, in his infinite wisdom, he actually believes, and you talk about somebody who's an absolute psycho. This guy believes that anybody attacking him is engaging in fifth generation warfare. That means people like me or anybody who disagrees with him. I, I mean, I'm not kidding. He wrote, a, he wrote an entire substack about Karen Kingston's claims that she was making. And he titled it on his Substack, Hate Ecosystem and Fifth Generation Warfare Part 4, a case study of interactions between online hate and a fifth generation warfare campaign. I can't begin to tell you how much I can't stand Robert Malone. He is a complete and utter piece of shit. He just will not go away. He reminds me of the kid in class when you were a student in class, okay? When you were a student in school and you're all sitting there in your desks and whatever. He's the kid who just won't shut the hell up. He's the one that just keeps raising his hand and he's got the answer to every question. And he thinks he's got it all figured out. 
And if anybody disagrees with him, well, then there's something wrong with you. Because again, Robert Malone's always right, isn't he? He's always right. Now, before I get into the article here and, and just kind of, I'm not going to read it, but I'm just going to, I'm going to summarize it here in a little bit. I want to go back in time real quick. I want to play a piece of audio here from Robert Malone because back when I thrusted his ass into the, into the limelight with that school board speech, he ended up again starting to make the rounds and be interviewed by tons of people and XYZ. He felt it necessary to tape himself reading a scripted thing that he had written, a script basically, where he's apparently laying out his approach to the quote-unquote COVID vaccine and what he thinks about it. It's about four and a half minutes long, and I want you to listen to it, uh, it, it because it really is very, very telling, not to mention his credentials at the very beginning, what he says. I mean, he can't keep his story straight. You have to, you have to keep in mind that this guy has worked with and alongside three-letter agencies. He thinks viruses are real, and if he doesn't, well, he's lying to people then by telling them again, right at the very beginning of this audio, that he's, he's not anti-vax, that he's pro-vaccination, and he's worked with and around vaccines his whole career and worked to find healthy vaccines. There's no such thing as a healthy vaccine. They're all poison because, again, virology is a lie. But give this a listen. Again, this was like, he must, I think he did this audio back in 2021, in the, in the late summer, early fall of 2021. But give this a listen real quick. My name is Robert Malone. I'm a physician and a scientist. But more importantly, I'm a father and a grandfather. I don't usually read from a prepared speech, but this is so important that I wanted to make sure that I got every single word and fact scientific fact, correct. I stand by this statement with a career dedicated to vaccine research and development. I'm vaccinated for COVID and I'm generally pro-vaccination. I've devoted my entire career to developing safe and effective ways to prevent and treat infectious diseases. After this, I'll be posting the text of this statement so that you can share it with your friends and family. Here's the thing. Before you inject your child, a decision that is irreversible, I wanted to let you know the scientific facts about this genetic vaccine, which is based on the RNA vaccine technology I created. There are three main issues that parents need to understand before they take this irrevocable decision. The first is that a viral gene will be injected into your parents' cells. This gene forces your child's body to make toxic spike proteins. These proteins often cause permanent damage in children's critical organs. These organs include their brain and nervous system, their heart and blood vessels, including blood clots, their reproductive system, and most importantly, this vaccine can trigger fundamental changes to their immune system. The most alarming point about this is that once these damages have occurred, they are irreparable 
They cannot be reversed. You can't fix the lesions within their brains. You cannot repair heart tissue scarring. You cannot repair a genetically reset immune system. And this vaccine can cause reproductive damage that could affect future generations of your family. The second thing you need to know is about the fact that this novel technology has not been adequately tested. We need at least five years of testing and research before we can really understand the risks associated with this new technology. The harms and risk from new medicines often become revealed many years later. I ask you to ask yourself as a fellow parent, if you want your child to be part of the most radical experiment in human history. One final point. The reason they're giving you to vaccinate your child is a lie. Your children represent no danger to their parents or grandparents. It's actually the opposite. Their immunity after getting COVID is critical to save your family, if not the world, from this disease. Finally, in summary, there's no benefit for your children or your family to be vaccinating your children against the small risks of the virus, given the known health risks of the vaccine that is apparent you and your children may have to live with for the rest of your lives. The risk benefit analysis is not even close with this vaccine for children. As a parent and grandparent, my strong recommendation to you is to resist and fight to protect your children. Now, first of all, I, I liked <laughs> I liked how the guy recording it and recording him. I like how his phone went off in the middle of the thing, and then you can hear him lunging for it, and he goes, "Oh shit!" Just jumps for his phone. Anyway, with that message aside, okay, and I'm not saying he's wrong regarding the harmful nature of the shots. Yes, they're they're permanently killing people because that's what killing is, and then of course they're permanently damaging people as well. But why would he take it then? I mean, he's talking about facts. He says that the shots were, he openly admits this. He says the shots are based on something that he created. So why'd you create it then? And why did you take it? If you knew that the risk-benefit ratio wasn't even close, why would you take it then? And he claims he's damaged by it also. I, I've heard him say that. I, too, have myocarditis, or I, too, uh, have, have had ill health as a result. I even saw a picture of him once a while back with uh, you know, an oxygen tube on his nose, and he took a picture of himself like, look, see, even I need extra oxygen. Why would you take it then? If he knew what these would do, why do it? Then, of course, he only wraps in children. It's all about children, in particular children. No, it doesn't matter the age. 
It doesn't matter. This is why you can't trust this guy. I don't trust him regarding his his involvement and the cover-up and the constant narrative changing and storytelling changing that's taking place. He's not wrong regarding it doing permanent damage and permanently damaging your DNA and you can't reverse that. He's 100% right, but why would he do it himself? In this hit piece that he engages in regarding Karen Kingston on his own Substack channel, here's what he does. He basically says, again, that Karen Kingston and anybody going after him is engaging in fifth-generation warfare. That includes any left-wing outlet or left-wing media outlet. He calls them out, too, and he goes, see, look. Atlantic Monthly wrote wrote a hit piece about me. The Washington Post did. The New York Times, blah, blah, blah. Rolling Stone. He lists them all right here. But then he says countless other individuals have also gone after me. Again, like Karen Kingston and all these, uh, you know, bit shoot channels and all these other people and all these other channels. Bobby, just because people are going after you doesn't mean you're right. It means they're going after you because they don't trust you. And people get to not trust you. Because again, me personally, and I'll make this very simple, I don't trust anybody who sits in a lab and plays with poison all day long and then patents it and then sells those patents to the pharmaceutical industry. That's my understanding that that's what he's done. Now, I could be wrong on that, but I think that's pretty accurate. Allegedly, allegedly. But again, all he's doing here in this substack is pointing out every single channel that that carried Karen, uh, Karen Kingston's video and then basically saying that they're all coming after him, like Dr. Peter Bregan and, and other individuals, of which, of course, he's suing because he claims that they said things about him that aren't real. Well, I, I highly doubt that. Chances are endless people have said things about you that are real. You're just a little scared. He's just a little frightened that people are making fun of him and coming after him for being a weirdo who sits in a lab and plays with poison for a living who thinks that virology is real. This is, this is a huge problem. Here's what else he does in this substack, which is where it gets even stranger. He claims that he and his wife were bouncing around the internet to try to figure out what's going on with Karen Kingston. He comes across her Facebook page where she made some post, allegedly, according to him, where she claims that she has malaria or had malaria. And then he highlights a particular drug that is taken for someone who has malaria, taken by someone who has malaria, and the side effects associated with it. And paranoia is one of them, having delusional thoughts and whatever else. So he actually chalks up what she says in that interview regarding him and everything else as being a, um, a medication problem. Well, she's, she's crazy. She's on medicine and she's crazy. How many times have we heard that excuse from endless people? That the reason that someone's crazy is because they're on psychotic medication or they're on medication for some other ailment that has psychotic side effects or psychotic associated side effects, basically. And he's claiming again that if you think he's wrong, then you're engaging in fifth generation warfare against him. 
Again, below here, he also says, he says, well, the combination of malaria for several weeks, question mark, and reactions to malaria treatment could explain both her appearance and her belief that she had been poisoned. I don't know what's going on with Karen Kingston. I'll fully admit it. I'm not, I'm not in her shoes. I don't know what she's experiencing. What I do know is that she was putting out videos a while back saying that she had been um, not poisoned, but she was in a hotel down in Florida or a, a condo or whatever it was, and she, was, she started to have trouble breathing. And then you can see this video on her Substack, and then of course the last video where she's specifically describing what's what's been going on. Um, this this is the fifth generation warfare. Also, though, is him accusing her of being crazy based on medicine that he thinks and assumes she's taking. And then Dr. Sherry Tenpenny doesn't want to even comment on anything because you know Karen Kingston called out some of her best friends. Guilt by association is a real thing, and if people hold their tongue when certain individuals say particular things instead of, you know, utilizing their First Amendment and saying what they'd like and expressing their opinions, well, it can give them away. I mean, again, Robert Malone was on the steps of whatever that was, the Supreme Court, not that long ago, with Simone Gold. Look at everybody else who was standing around with Simone Gold. What do you think about those people now, knowing what you know now about Simone Gold? Guilt by association. Lee Merritt was there. Again, Robert Malone, Angie Farella. Are these people that dense? Do they not understand what Simone Gold has been doing this whole time? In fact, I didn't even mention this a while back, but I meant to. Um, a few substacks ago on Renette Sunham's substack, she commented with, she, she had on Kevin Jenkins, who is the CEO of uh, America's Frontline Doctors. And it, it's not Simone Gold. She just continues to steal that name. But she actually said that she contacted a particular group that was working with um, Simone Gold. And it was, again, a, a, a speech that she was about to give or, or whatever it was. And she reached out to him and she said, are, are you familiar with what Simone Gold has done and is doing? Do you understand that she's not in charge of America's frontline doctors? She's just claiming to be. And then they said, oh, no, we, we know exactly what she's done. Here's the court case that says so. And they sent Renette Sunham back, not the court case where the judge said Simone Gold is not in charge of AFLDS or AFLD. They ended up sending Renette Sunham uh, Simone Gold's lawyer's response to the judge, which isn't a I mean, it's a legal document, but it's not the judge's legal ruling. It was just their opinion of what they thought, and that's not <laughs> that's not that's not legal fact. Again, it's the opposite of what the judge actually ruled. She's a con artist. And she's not a good one because, again, she's engaging in these crimes out in the open and this fraud out in the open. But that's my point. You know, this guilt by association is astounding. And when people hold their tongues when they shouldn't and then they try to rewrite history, like what Robert Malone is doing with his particular substack, it's, it's absolutely astounding to me.
That's the real fifth generation warfare that's going on here. And I'll make it real easy on Robert Malone. Here's why people don't like you. People don't like you because you worked for the government. That's it. You sat in a lab, you made poisons that have killed people by believing things that aren't real, and you worked for the government. They get to not like you. That's okay. And it's completely conceivable that a three-letter agency would work to kill us, to kill someone like Karen Kingston. Again, that whole narrative of a, of a person being crazy and being on medicine and that's why they're crazy and all this other stuff, that's a, that's a yarn that has been played out time and time again with endless people. You can pick a person, Dave Chappelle, for example. They said the same stuff about him. Well, he's crazy. That's why he walked away from millions and XYZ. He was also walking away from corruption. So, I don't know. I could keep ranting about it. I just find it disgusting that these people continue to associate with one another. And they don't understand that when they stand next to somebody, they're not even thinking about who's watching them stand next to that person. So I'll tell you what. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to stay on this jab train because I'm I'm already into the jabs already, and I'll move the uh, the education stuff for the end because I've only got a couple of stories regarding that. So let me keep bouncing around here uh, on jab related things. First of all, as you've heard me mention in the past regarding the World Health Organization's international health regulations that they apparently have planned for every government or corporation or institution to sign up for once they vote on things. They, of course, made numerous edits to their documents in XYZ, but I, I have a timeline here of some dates that I want to run down, and then, of course, what they have planned for everybody. Of course, our, our non-participation is going to be the thing that crushes this. Um, however, as you've heard me say, it doesn't matter if we have a constitution or not. That's been violated from here to Timbuktu, so it doesn't really matter if we have one or we don't. Uh, if, these, if this fake government and these corporations want to ram this home, well, they're going to do it. And if every single health institution in the United States is going to ram this home, well, they're going to do it because, hey, look, look what they did over the last three years. Was any of that constitutional? So this is from COVID vaccine injuries on Telegram, and I follow their channel. And they said the following here, they, it, it's titled, uh, Stop the WHO. Do people in your country know that this is happening? It says, time is running out. If you haven't heard about the proposed amendments to the International Health Regu Regulations, IHR, uh, that would hand the WHO unprecedented powers and threaten state sovereignty, you really need to start paying attention. This is an urgent matter. So here's the timeline that they have laid out. The amendments to the IHR were adopted in May of 2022 and must be rejected by the 1st of December of this year, 2023. It says 300-plus new amendments to the IHR will be submitted by mid-January of 2024. It says the WHO CA+, a.k.a. the Pandemic Treaty Accord, is to be adopted by May of 2024. The acceleration is dangerous. It says, to help people across the world stop the WHO, we've translated our seven-page summary of the WCH policy brief, which is titled Rejecting Monopoly Power Over Global Public Health. And it's been translated into numerous languages. And then, of course, 
Uh, I will put the document on my own website so that you can see their summary of it. But um, here's, here's again what the policy brief basically covers, and there's five main categories. This, of course, again, is what the good guys would like to see, which is a decentralization of control and the rights of the individual, the right to privacy, which, of course, they want, the bad guys want digital ID, digital certificates, and, uh, you know, all this other stuff, non-private health data. They want to see, of course, free speech and the right to dissent, which is a good thing. International sharing and integrity of regulatory processes, and then, of course, the defunding and halting of gain-of-function fun- gain research. But either way, it's just a seven-page document where they, again, are highlighting exactly what the enemy wants to do and then what we ultimately want, which is the exact opposite of what the enemy wants. So that's coming up. And again, interesting timing, isn't it? 2024. And May of 2024. Now, again, what is it that happened during May of 2020 that caused an awful lot of uproar? There's a lot going on back then, if you recall. And it's a pseudo election year. It really makes you wonder whether or not something's going to have to happen here before an actual election of some kind. Is there going to be, again, some, you've again heard me say this before. Um, I've had guests on the show say the exact same thing. That the likelihood of a lockdown coming in the in the short future here is is likely. Certainly seems to be the case anyway, with all these different plans that they're pushing forth, and how they probably really don't want to even hit an actual election day again, because all hell would break loose to some extent. So anyway, wanted to bring that to your attention again. It's from the WorldCouncilForHealth.org is the website. And it's their policy brief summary, which again, I'll put on my website so you can check that out if you're interested. Here's another quick little story. And this is what the likes of Robert Malone wouldn't want you to know, uh, allegedly. He doesn't want you to know that you actually do have legal recourse against some of these medical institutions or these uh, pharmaceutical industries. This is from greatgameindia.com, and it is titled Shocking Ruling on Remdesivir. Manufacturer and hospital not protected by law. It says in a historic ruling, a judge in Michigan decided on August 8th that all public readiness and emergency preparedness, or PREP Act, does not shield a drug manufacturer and a hospital in the case of a man who suffered two strokes and had to undergo a leg amputation due to receiving remdesivir, a COVID 19 medication that was contaminated with glass particles. It goes on and on and on. It says this marks the inaugural instance where a judge has determined that the PREP Act does not provide protection to a drug manufacturer or a hospital. It says the PREP Act typically grants immunity from legal actions and liability safeguards under both state and federal regulations for all claims related to losses arising from the use of the covered countermeasure. However, exceptions are made in cases of intentional misconduct. While this ruling is not a legally binding precedent, it establishes a precedent for potential future lawsuits against the company concerning injuries that could be sustained by individuals who were administered the drug. Okay. The, the larger argument here, too, is, is that this is a big snowball and that once that gets kicked down the hill, I mean, I fully understand that, you know, it's going to take time and it's going to take energy and it may go nowhere. 
But at the exact same time, you have people like Robert Malone running around saying that all of these pharmaceutical industries are free from prosecution or free from lawsuits by the people. And that's what Karen Kingston was also speaking out against. This is one of the things that she's been writing about. She's openly stating this is a biological weapon, that the shots are a biological weapon. And as a result, they're they're not what a person would consider to be a, a typical vaccine, which means they aren't doing the thing that they said that they would do, which is against the law. So Malone would say again that you don't have any recourse. Karen Kingston is saying the exact opposite. And she raised a good point in that 39-minute uh, interview where she was just talking into her own cell phone and, and providing some warnings. She was again saying these gatekeepers, this is exactly what they're trying to get you to pay attention to. They're trying to get you to pay attention to them, not the things that could be done that would actually help put some pressure on some of these companies. But again, I'm not saying it's easy because clearly it isn't. It's, it's borderline impossible. But just wanted to bring that to your attention because again, any time those gatekeepers aren't bringing up things like that right there or a case like that, well, what is it that they want you to pay attention to? But speaking of narrative changes and bringing back false narratives, listen to this. This is how desperate these people are to try to get more shots into people. It's, a, it's beyond nuts. Uh, this is from USA Today on August 17th, and it's titled, Left or Right Arm? Choosing Where to Get Vaccinated Matters, Study Suggests. Here's Why. Now, you know, you know where this is going. You know where this is going. They're actually claiming that in this particular study, which of course was put out by the Lancet Discovery Science and peer-reviewed, that they're saying that if you got your COVID jabs in two separate arms, that could be why you still are getting sick. I mean, you have to hand it to them. They're doing whatever they can to change as many people's minds as humanly possible and justify the fact that people are continuing to get sick who have ruined DNA. Hell, you heard Robert Malone earlier say, when you wreck your immune system and your DNA, you can't fix it. Even he said that. <laughs> He's not wrong in that regard. But this is absolutely nuts. That's like saying, if you go outside, and you tap your stomach with your right hand instead of your left hand, well, that's why you have a tummy ache. There are actually people who believe this. This is wild. I have to read this. It says the following, quote, When you roll up your sleeves to get routine vaccinations, do you prefer a jab in your right or left arm? New data suggests the choice you make matters. Researchers in Germany found people who got all their shots in one arm had a stronger immune response than those who distributed shots between both arms. According to a study published last week in eBioMedicine, a peer-reviewed journal from the Lancet Discovery Science, in the observational study, authors analyzed immune responses from about 300 people who never had COVID-19 and received two doses of Pfizer-BioNTech's COVID-19 vaccine between March and September of 2021. 
study participants were randomized to receive both doses in one arm or the second dose in the opposite arm. Two weeks after receiving the shots, researchers discovered certain immune cells, commonly known as killer T cells, were detected in 67% of the people who received both injections in the same arm versus only 43% of those who got them in different arms. Do you know what that means? I mean, can we read between the lines here? What that really means is that if this is true, which I don't necessarily believe it, but if this study actually took place and a person received two COVID shots in the same arm over the course of time in, one, in the span of one year, which they say again between March and September of 2021, and they found more killer T cells upwards of 67% of the people who received it in both arms, that means that their immune system is hyperactive. That's not a good thing. They're claiming it is, <laughs> and it isn't. That's antibody-dependent enhancement. That's your cytokine storm. That's not good. Frankly, again, it doesn't matter which arm. That's the whole point. It's, it's irrelevant as to which arm it is. But it continues here. It says, why are shots, that, why are shots in the same arm more effective? It says, people may respond better to sequential shots in the same arm because the vaccines are targeting the same lymph nodes, making them more active in producing immune cells to fight off infection. Study authors suggest. While researchers detected a difference in these cells, they didn't see a similar trend in spike protein antibodies. Well, of course they wouldn't, because they're both poisoned. Doesn't matter which arm you get it in. You're just as poisoned as the other person who got it in two arms instead of one. It says, although preliminary and small, the study shows how the reason why some people react differently to vaccines could go further than just age, sex, and medical conditions, says Dr. Ofer Levy, a pediatric infectious disease specialist and director of the Precision Vaccine Program at Boston Children's Hospital. The same hospital, by the way, that cuts kids' genitals off. Keep that in mind. It says, quote, or he said, quote, this speaks to precision vaccination in the sense that everything matters, unquote. And he's not affiliated with the study, it says. It then wraps up and says more research and data is needed, but he says the study's findings could have implications for vaccines outside of COVID-19 and help standardize how routine vaccinations are given. Quote, we need to be precise about how we discover, develop, and deliver vaccines, Levy said, unquote. I'm not even sure I have the words to describe how stupid that is, but people will believe it. It's made its way again to USA Today. They were the ones who wrote about it. It's been published in a peer-reviewed journal. It'll make the rounds. The doctors, will, doctors and nurses will start asking these individuals who are dumb enough to get more than what they've already received, and they'll say, well, where did you get your last one? Was it in your left or your right arm? Well, I got it in my left. Well, we'll give it to you in your right arm this time because clearly uh, the, the research shows that that's the best approach. It's so exhausting. It's just so exhausting and it isn't going away. Here's another one. Here's another one. This is from Daily, the Daily Mail. 
It is titled, New COVID Variant BA.6 is probably already in the United States, experts warn, amid calls for masks to return. Do it. I want to see them come back. (laughs) I really do. I want to see the masks come back. Don't you? Don't you want to go through this one more time so that we can just yell at people wearing masks more so than we already did the first time? Just, you know, just as a little social experiment. Absolutely nuts. It says DailyMail.com spoke to scientists who warned that BA.6 was already in the United States. It says there's no evidence at this stage that it is more likely to cause severe disease. It says a new COVID variant has prompted calls for face masks to return and that it's probably already in the United States, warned the experts. The mutant strain, known as BA.6, has only been officially detected in, yes, you guessed it, Israel and Denmark, but several scientists said it will start showing up in tests in America very soon. What tests? The same faulty ones that all the other dummies keep taking that don't show anything and don't prove anything? It says routine swapping is no longer being done in the U.S., And only a fraction of positive tests are sent away for analysis to see if the COVID strain behind the case, meaning it takes weeks before the new strains are detected. Dr. Thomas Moore, an infectious disease expert at the University of Kansas, told the Daily Mail, quote, I'm sure it's already here. If it hasn't already made it here, it probably will be very soon. Oh, please do it. Please bring back the masks. Do it. You know, all hell would break loose. All hell would break loose all over again. And they're going to look for a reason to, to potentially do that. Again, fall's coming up. More people are going to become ill. The flu shot roll out. The triple-demic, as you heard me say in previous episodes, that's the lie they're going with. But we know that there's no mutations. We know that there's no strains. The only mutation is the person's DNA. That's it. They're the ones that are the mutants. They're the ones that have the wrecked DNA. They're just going to keep getting sick, and they're not going to figure out why. So that's why they have to roll out this whole story of variants. Again, if you want to find out who your enemy is, ladies and gentlemen, listen to the so-called freedom doctors who are out there telling people about different variants. They'll say variant, but then they'll say, well, it's not any more dangerous than any other variant. There are no variants. Never have been. It's a con job. The whole thing is just a lie. The only thing that's happening are varying degrees of wrecked immune systems because they have ruined DNA. And they have different symptoms. It's that simple. That simple. In fact, let me read this uh, just in conclusion regarding the jabs. I put that two-year-old school board speech on my gab page because I wanted to see if it was getting any... um, conversation going in the comment section regarding what people had witnessed and what people had seen. And it did. There was one dummy who got on there and basically said, hey, if you make any predictions about people dying and they happen to die, it doesn't mean it's jab related. I mean, if we wait long enough, everybody's going to die eventually. It's like, okay, you sound vaccinated, first of all. Second of all, this individual responded at Snoopy90, goofy patriot. And here's what they said. Again, Certainly not a coincidence. They're laying on the sarcasm thick, and it's, a, it's an accurate post. 
they said, quote, maybe you got a placebo. And they were referring back again to this individual who, who made those ridiculous comments. They said, people did. I have friends who are getting stage four cancer and dying within a month. Coincidence? Maybe. Heart issues are through the roof. I used to be able to make an appointment with my cardiologist and get in within three months. Now it's a year wait. Try yourself. Choose one and call to schedule. See what they say. Coincidence? Why are teen boys dying playing sports? Or football players? Coincidence? Happened all the time before, right? I don't think so. Why are people who had all the shots still getting COVID? I don't get COVID. To me, COVID doesn't exist, never has. I don't get sick with COVID, yet I have type 1 diabetes and heart issues. I'm the number one group to get it, but haven't. Maybe follow along more here and see all the vaccine injured. One young woman in another country used state euthanasia to end her life because she couldn't take the pain anymore. The shots can do a lot more than kill you. But hey, maybe you were one of the lucky ones and got the placebo. Keep getting those shots if it makes you feel better, unquote. Yeah. People are in complete and utter denial. And then there are other individuals on the opposite end of the spectrum that are completely awake. No doubt about that. It's always been that way regarding endless issues. Again, a 16-year-old cheerleader died uh, maybe five days ago, approximately, um, at a Texas A&M cheerleading camp. Heart attack. Right then and there. Bang. Done. Just like that, she ended up going to the hospital and died two days later from all the complications. It's not COVID. <laughs> there's, there's no COVID. She was jabbed. Again, you know, that group mentality and that, that group peer pressure, all that stuff. You can't be a cheerleader if you're not jabbed. All that stuff is deadly. It really is a deadly philosophy and a deadly frame of mind. The group think the hive mind, it will leave a per, it, it'll lead a person right into the ditch. And I'll tell you what, you know, that brings me to this now. And I'm just moving into education here. Only a couple of things that I want to bring up. But again, you know, this hive mind and this going along with the system and all this pressure, um, it, of course, is, is rampant throughout the education business, as we all know. But there's just one particular subject here that I want to revisit quickly before I get to the final thing that I want to mention. The school consent forms, of course, are going out right now in droves because schools have, of course, opened again and students are back in school uh, basically across the entire United States for the most part. I think next week is when colleges really start to open and universities start to open back up again. But in K-12 schools, these consent forms are remarkably problematic. Again, an old substack that Vanessa Hurst wrote on my substack page, I highly recommend checking that out because it's in the fine print of those where, again, you can end up signing away your child's life. You can sign it away so that, so that the nurse can ultimately take control of the student and inject them with God knows what. But there was this post on Great Awakening from a while back, and I just want to read it here, and it was titled, School Year Consent Documents for Your Child. That was the title. It says the following. It says, Friends, parents, be sure to read your consent documents. I found where our school system wants the parents' consent to exchange your child's data with Medicaid for additional funding. I can't speak for your local school system, but the summary information provided is not all-inclusive. 
of what will be provided to this government agency as compared to actual authority given by the legal ease, by the consent document, by the government. I'm not much into lawfare, so I cannot comment much further on further other than posting a warning to you, it says. It says the short of it is the government, from the Fed to the state to the school system, offers the school system additional funding for an accepted percentage if parental consent. If parental consent is had, basically. It says part of the funding goes to free meals for the school year, which we already received a meal card. Additionally, we receive a WIC card that will be filled each month for XXX amount, depending on how many children you have. It says this is district-wide, and it seems to be regardless of your income level. You are opted in regardless of your consent, based on majority consent, it seems. It says, my question is, what data is also valuable? Nothing good can come from this, in my humble opinion, and I suspect it's a means to a nefarious end, unquote. You know, I've said it before, this is one of those moments where, again, a lot of parents just go, okay, give me the papers that I have to sign, and then they just blindly sign all of them and then hand them back to the student. They should be reading them with their children and reading what's in it, because it is remarkably nefarious, and that is the point. They're counting on you not reading it. And of course, they essentially bribe and blackmail individuals into returning all of those forms by saying, well, we're not going to give you your grade card, or we're not going to give you food or access to buy food at school if you don't return these forms. This is the American school system. This is what they are doing. They do it constantly. They've been doing it since forever. It's not changing. In fact, it's only going to get worse. You've heard me say this numerous times. You've got to pull your kids out because what's coming is not going to be anything where you're going to want your children around the reactionary response of the American K-12 school system. Look what they did in the last three years. If another response or another fake, whatever, false flag scenario, whatever it is, ends up coming down the pipeline here, you're not going to like the K-12 response because it's all going to be the same. It's going to be based on a lie and it isn't going to be good. Okay. Here's the final thing. I've spoken about this certainly recently, and uh, and it you know it it touches a, a couple of historic points for me in my life certainly, and um, is remarkably problematic, and continues to be an ongoing massive problem, and it has to do with the indoctrination of children at the college level. Uh, Jesse James was dropping his daughters off at college the other day, and he ended up sending me some pictures of their of the inside of their living area, the building where they where they live apparently, and the propaganda, the school related propaganda that's up on sheets of paper and posters and flyers all over the walls, is astounding. It is overwhelming. I mean, you cannot escape it. Uh, he sent me at least seven photographs of all of these different these different things, and I just want to read through a couple of, of what they said. One of them just straight up says, justice, diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's it. It just says that on the piece of paper. There's another one below it that says, why are we saying happy holidays? 
says this holiday season, the Western Michigan University Apartments team would like to give recognition. Hang on, let me zoom in here. Recognition to some of the other winter traditions that we are acknowledging when we choose to say Happy Holidays over Merry Christmas. And then it goes into all these different holidays. A pagan holiday, Boxing Day, Kwanzaa, African-American tradition that affirms African social and family values, created by a murderer, by the way. It's, again, avoiding the propaganda at the college and university level is impossible. It's impossible. Even even in online college and university, you're still going to get it. I mean, you're still going to to receive it, but not it's not going to be quite in your face like it is here in your in your living quarters. Um, there's another one, another piece of paper on the wall here. It says further reading and local resources, pride and intersectionality. It has local resources and then further reading. There's the WMU uh, Lesbian, Bisexual, Gay, and Transgender Student Services. And then it has a bunch of things listed that you can sign up for. Out front, Kalamazoo, an address, phone number, all that stuff. Further reading gives you the titles of different books. Uh, Protest etiquette is another one. It says why protesting matters and how to exercise your rights safely. Know your rights before attending a protest. Here's what you should do while protesting. What happens if the police get involved? What should you do? Think about if your rights are being violated, another one says. Absolutely crazy. As upcoming events, the St. Thomas More Catholic Student Parish. Everybody's wearing a mask, it looks like. That's fun. Uh, a mind spa, whatever the hell that is. There's a whole nother wall here that apparently is all about Black Lives Matter, ladies and gentlemen. One of them says, we believe Black Lives Matter. It says, we will address and dismantle barriers oppressing our black students and colleagues. Action informed by direct input from the communities we serve. And then it's all of their bullshit just sayings all up and down this thing. Affirmation, respect, and equity. Our values. Our values are strengthened when all members, and it has arrows to the word all, all members of our housing and residence life community have a voice and are encouraged to contribute. Absolutely nuts. They have another one. It looks like it's in multiple languages, including Arab. You are welcome here, all in the rainbow colors with one black hand pointing at another. I'm telling you, you can't, you can't escape this. It's so overwhelming. By living on campus, students will develop positive meaning connections and relationships with their residential community. We support academics by being invested in your individual success. Blah, blah, blah. Vision to be a responsive housing operation providing transformative experiences. Now look, I I don't know about anybody else, okay? I might be alone in this regard, but I hated college. I didn't like it. I didn't like K-12 school. I didn't like college. 
And that's very odd because, again, a lot of people would say, well, then why in the hell did you try to become a teacher? And why were you a teacher? Well, I was a teacher because I was fighting against crap like this. I was trying to fight against the propaganda. I was trying to change it from the inside. And again, like I've said in the past, make it easier and more understandable for my students because this, this stuff is overwhelming. You can't, you can't avoid this nonsense. But there's a, there's a much larger and more nefarious element at play here. And it really is terrible. And it has to do with the destruction of not just the individual mind, but also the destruction of relationships as a result of this propaganda. By default, the environment is designed to divide people under the guise of, of uniting people or getting people to work together. That's really, I mean, th that's the lie that's told to people. They want everybody to believe their words, their language, which is all Bolshevistic Marxist language in a communist-like environment, but they want everybody to just believe all of that because ultimately the person who has common sense and can see all of this for what it really is, that's the person who ends up getting ostracized by the group. But as we know, that person who gets ostracized by that crazy group, that's the person who's going to survive. If that person can see the nonsense for what it is, they'll survive and they'll make it. The people who drink it in, though, they're finished. They really are. And it really takes serious parental oversight and observation and conversations on a constant basis with, again, your children and anyone else who is attending these environments because these environments warp the mind. You heard me say it in the last episode, it's the purposeful pacification of these people to get them to become tolerant of what is really the largest injustice that occurs which is, again, the purposeful warping of the mind to get individuals to just go along with whatever message is being told to them, to not think, to not question. It destroys people. It takes, it takes good people away from good people by turning one, one person into a non-thinking individual if they were in the first place and it, and it leads them down a, a very dangerous and destructive path. We've seen those memes and we've seen those pictures. Here's a picture of a, of a wholesome, conservative girl when she enters a college environment. And now here's a picture of her later in life. Her head is shaved. She's got facial piercings and tattoos. She looks like an abomination. This happens constantly within these environments because it's these environments that are purposefully doing this to people. So you have to be very, very careful. Again, Jesse James sent me that, and we were having a back-and-forth text message. And he said, it's my greatest fear. And he's, I mean, he's right. That would be any parent's greatest fear is that you would lose your kids to these false messages that are purposefully there to destroy them. But you've got to have these conversations with your children about the enemy and what the enemy has planned and what the enemy wants. The enemy wants division between good people. Again, look what the jabs have done too. And I'll wrap up with this because this is something I think about and it, it, it gnaws at me with some regularity. But 
Remember the stories that I used to bring up here back during the the real heavy jab days where you would have a marriage that had lasted 25, 30 plus years that in the in the blink of an eye just disintegrated because one of the partners in the in the relationship and in the marriage one of the spouses didn't want to take the shots and the other one did and they actually got divorced over that that was rampant i bet if you look at the divorce rate over the last 3 years it's remarkably high has to be higher than probably it's ever been it flat out destroyed relationships because only the devil himself could drive that kind of a wedge between two people who said, till death do us part. And yet, it was just a shot, a biological weapon that became the difference. That was the variable that broke the whole thing. If something like that, and if propaganda that strong can destroy a 25-30 year relationship between two individuals who are married and have children and built a life together, you'd better believe it can drive a wedge between children and their parents and all this, again, equity inclusion horseshit, that all that stuff can drive a wedge between children, their parents, and, and completely destroy a family. You have to continuously communicate with your kids on a constant basis about what the enemy has planned, what the enemy is doing, and then point it out to them when you see it, every time you see it. In the old education business, it's referred to as the old uh, learning opportunity. It's a teachable moment, as they would say, actually. It's a teachable moment. Every time you see something that is absurd and you know is propaganda, always bring it up to your children. Do you see that over there? That's a lie. Don't believe that. They're trying to brainwash people with this. It's not true. It's all made up. It's all fake. The more often you say that, then they're going to start noticing themselves. And that's where the real learning takes place because, again, that'll save their life. Hopefully, someday that will save their life. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, have a great weekend. Catch you on Monday. Peace. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.